Hello and welcome to this edition of Political Profundity, Modern Times Magazine's podcast on the political world. This is John Guzan, and I'm with Karen Weil as usual. Hello, Karen. Hi there, and hey, everybody listening. Well, since the last time we we talked two weeks ago, um, the election has come and gone, and um, there was a big showing um, by Democrats. Um, ended up taking the House. Um, the Senate was 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 for sure uh, solidified as a Republican stronghold. Although there are still um, a few seats out there that could change that dynamic. Um, today in political profundity, we're going to be talking about the national picture. Um, we're going to traipse a little bit into the Arizona Senate race. Um, talk about, uh, you know, and also maybe some general stuff about Arizona, uh, but also talk Nevada Senate and Governor specifically. Uh, Florida, um, what's going on there? Same thing. Uh, they have a Senate and Governor race that's still outstanding. Um, some notable Cal- uh, California seats kind of flipped um, from some, uh, you know, at least household names by those who follow politics. Um, and then what's going on in Georgia um, and in even in Mississippi, there's the potential for a runoff there. Um, but we'll talk about the dynamics of that race. Um, but overall, Karen, let's jump right into that national picture discussion. Um, a good day for Democrats um, um, and and possibly for the Mueller investigation. Right. You know, it's interesting. Donald Trump did all his little ego fest rallies, costing taxpayers God knows how much for <laughs> the transportation of them. Uh, you know, I really wish all his supporters could just pay the bill for this. Um, and May claims this election is about me. Well, yeah, it was about you, wasn't it? Except didn't quite go the way he hoped. Um, I, I think without question for the House races, voters were sending a message. So, well, first of all, let me jump back a bit. I have, I think the Democrats who normally, as we know, cannot get out of their own way when it comes to campaigning. They are, for the most part, hapless. But they were very smart to just keep on health care as the main theme with the, this tax bill, which was a joke for most of us. And, and then at the third thing, and hey, we've got this guy in the Oval Office right now who's, you know, highly questionable about what his, who, you know, who he's loyal to, and it may not be the United States. Uh, and we're going to hold him accountable by holding hearings. So they were, I think we're smart not to harp on Trump too much, uh, although, you know, the idea is if some mainstream pundits were claiming that that would alienate some Trump voters. And I, I just have to say that that crowd is gone to the Democrats and they're not coming back. And the Democrats were smarter to go after people who didn't vote in 2016 and, you know, independents who loyalty. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but they can vote Democratic in one election, go Republican in another, sometimes go for a, a different candidate. Just depends. So they were they, they had a very smart campaign strategy this time, um, shockingly enough, and it it paid off uh, by gaining I think they're up to 38 seats now, right? I know there may be one or two races that are still a little bit uh, unclear in terms of the the outcome, but uh, you know they flipped several seats in California, uh, one in New Mexico that had been a GOP stronghold for a long time. That southeast. Central New Mexico, that's where I live for uh, about eight years. And uh, people like Dana Rohrbacher are gone. Very controversial house rep from the Orange County area, who the joke was is that Putin pays two people, Trump and him. And he's been a very egregious defender of Trump during all of this. Uh, They also flipped a seat that was held by Daryl Issa, uh, one held by Steve Knight, 
more in the greater Los Angeles area, and he'd been a longtime congressman and a hardcore Trumper. So, you know, these were considered long shots at best in the beginning, and they happened. There were wins, uh, as we know, in it's Kansas, right, where an openly gay woman won a House seat. Uh uh, You know, Minnesota's going to send the first Muslim-American woman to Congress. I think there are some other LGBT candidates who won. Um, I, I, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about Senate, but I just want to say Beto O'Rourke's campaign, even though it wasn't a success for him, that flipped some seats in Texas that people thought were simply out of reach. So, uh, you know, 38 gay, I wouldn't call it a blue tsunami, but I think it's fair to call this a blue wave for the Democrats in the House. And Nancy Pelosi's going to be Speaker in January. Gerald Nadler's going to be, a, uh, I believe, the House Judiciary Committee Chairman. Uh, you know, Adam Schiff becomes another crucial House chairman. These are all guys who've made it very clear that they want to start hearings on whether or not Trump indeed did collude with Russians to win the Electoral College two years ago. Right. And, you know, we shouldn't be naive to think that's just going to lead to Trump packing his bags tomorrow. But I have a funny feeling, you know, the president's not going to be bragging quite as much as he normally does. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, we know what happened um, on on Wednesday. Um, the first thing he did is come out and say that the people that lost was because they didn't get close enough to him in Republican <laughs> districts. Um, so, you know, and he was, you know, declaring that he's going to go to war um, if people want to do that. Um, you know, and as of right now, uh, the New York Times is saying it's 30 seats, although Democrats lead in oh. another five. So it looks like. Okay. You know, they're going to probably grab those other five seats, but it's not determined okay. yet. So that's a 30-seat loss for Republicans and a 30-seat gain so far. But um, Yeah, and my, my apologies for getting that number wrong. I, I, I think I I looked at a wrong story saying 38. So no, no, it's fine. 35, you know, makes sense. But again, I, I want to say one more thing. For the Democrats to have even won any of these seats, given gerrymandering, uh-huh. you know, long-entrenched candidates and the tons of money, for them to have won these is incredible. I think this ranks uh, right up there as a major change midterm election in the way 2010, 2006, and 1994 did. And those were big deals. And, of course, you saw voter turnout. While certainly not maybe presidential election numbers high, but it was a heck of a lot higher than 2014. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, I think yeah, Trump was a factor. People just are pretty disgusted with him as a general rule, and they want they want him reined in. Now, again, I would just caution anybody: don't don't expect miracles by January first, because that's that's just not possible. It's not how the process works. But if you saw, you know, that train wreck of a press conference, which I, I think was just an especially disgraceful moment for him, one of all oh, five, six, seven million since he, <laughs> you know, slithered his way into this position. Um, you you saw a guy who was scared. And uh, yeah, that was telling. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was one of those moments that, um, like you said, I, I I think it'll be something that'll be you know seen ten twenty years from now. Um, you know what he did to the CNN reporter uh, Jim Acosta and some others. Just just you know it it just seemed like you know he was trying to hold it back and then you know some guy stood up and started to challenge him. He just lost it. I mean, I mean, I was worried he was going to, you know, have a heart attack or a stroke because, you know, no matter what, I, that's not the way I really want him to go. I just want him to go, um, you know, uh, either an election or to have him be removed. Um, I just think it would be, a, you know, just the way that it should be. 
Um, you know, it's an easy way out, um, you know, uh, you know, to, you know, for, for some of those things, for any of those people that, that kind of wish ill will, um, you know, it's kind of like that difference between, um, you know, going to the electric chair or, or, uh, or having to spend your life in prison, I guess it's that same debate. If you're a president, it's only a one termer or, or, or who gets removed by, by, um, democratic means, then, um, you know, you have to live with that, uh, scarlet letter for the rest of your life. And I think that that's, that that's more fitting. Uh, for Donald Trump, yeah, totally. for sure. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, at the end of the day, I don't care who it is. I've said this a million times. Karma catches up with uh, with people. So, uh, but you but, know, so, a, yeah, solid, a solid, a you know, you know night Tuesday. Sorry. No, no, no. It, it 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 really it really set the stage. And as we know, um, you know, I have to agree with you. I think you know, also what the New York Times was reporting that a total of fifty two million point four. Um, voted for Democrats for the House uh, and 47.8 um, um, placed their votes for Republicans for the House. So, you know, right. if you want to look at that as a as, as, as a bellwether for, you know, national voting, um, uh, you know, come 2020, um, you know, it's obviously, you know, if, if that 7 million is a is a big disparity to overcome. Um, you know, some of the other things, you know, I know we weren't going to get into it, but, um, you know, specifically um, what we have on our list doesn't count um, what happened in Wisconsin. Um, and so, you know, a, a new governor there. Um, so now you have a Democratic governor. Scott Walker's now, you know, is now looking for a job. Well, I'm sure he'll find one on a board of directors somewhere very quickly because that's usually what these ex-politicians <laughs> do. Um, but, um, he's not in the governor's, uh, seat anymore. And that really means something. Um, we know what, what that also means for, you know, uh, what happened in Pennsylvania and Michigan, um, a little bit of a different feel, um, you know, might get a, a, a democratic governor in Georgia, which we'll talk about later. Um, you know, what happened in Virginia, I think, you know, really looking at that being a solid purple state now. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, Tim Kaine, who was the Hillary Clinton's vice presidential candidate, and they're not successful run, well, not successful electoral college-wise, quite successful popular vote, as we should just remind people. But, uh, you know, he it, it didn't hurt him one bit that he had uh, basically a Nazi, Corey Stewart, running against him. It uh, wasn't even close. And so, you know, good for Virginia, just like I thanked people of Alabama last year for not putting a pedophile in office for the Senate race. You know, thank you, Virginia, for keeping Tim Kaine imperfect as he may be at times. Um, I mean, I think the Senate was going to be was going to be an extraordinarily tough map for the Democrats to defend from the get go. Oh yeah, it was and a lot of a lot I'm of not, you know a lot of defending of seats um, and a lot of easy Republican pickups, and maybe it'd be only be fifty two. Um, um, you know, that's not a big pickup for the Republicans. And, and, and when you consider, because the, the talk was two years ago, or maybe last year, that, that you know, Tammy Baldwin ought to be nervous, Bob Casey, oh, and well, after, especially after had Trump barely won these, these states, uh, you know, Baldwin cruised to re-election, Casey did, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, Tina Smith, who was appointed to replace Al Franken, who resigned earlier this year for reasons that were controversial, uh, but he made that choice. And she won her race by a decent number, uh, you know, so, and Illinois, uh, well, even though that wasn't the Senate, Illinois went blue in a big way. You mentioned governorships. Bruce Rauner was defeated. Uh, so, you know, you definitely saw Ohio was kind of a mixed result. You had 
Mike DeWine, a longtime politician there and a Republican, won the governorship over uh, Rich Corday, but Sherrod Brown, another Ohio Democrat who some people were worried about, easily coasted to victory. Uh, and and so you, you've sort of seen this bounce back for Democrats, for the most part, in these states, not everywhere, in every race. But that was pretty interesting. I Now for Senate, uh, I want to talk about my home state for a moment, Nevada. Went way blue. Jackie Rosen, the second woman from that state going to the U.S. Senate, she'll join Catherine Cortez Masto, who won in 2016. And she won by five points over Dean Heller, the incumbent. And we've talked about Dean Heller a little bit in the past. Um, I guess I, my observation, of, I have two observations. Number one, I think the Heller campaign badly misunderstood. Mis I'm sorry, I was trying to use a Bush word there. <laughs> underestimated Jackie Rosen, <laughs> who turned out to be a much tougher and much savvier candidate that some might have thought. Uh -huh. And number two, honestly, two years ago, people would ask me about this race, and I said, Heller's a shoo-in for re-election. He right. was appointed to replace John Ensign, who resigned in scandal in 2011, he'd been smart enough to vote with the Democrats on certain issues, had kind of, you know, sort of painted himself as, as a conservative, but a very pragmatic one. And, uh, you know, it really looked like smooth sailing for him. And then, of course, Trump got in. And even though Hen Heller had said, made it clear early on, I'm not a Trump fan. Well, lo and behold, after there were primary threats towards him, he quickly changed his tune. And I will just say something that flashed through my mind, and I bet the minds of others, when he voted last year to end the ACA. And then, of course, there were pictures of him sitting next to Trump, looking both amused and terrified all at once. And I honestly thought at that moment, you just lost the election. And I think his vote on Kavanaugh did not help. And... Um, you know, in the beginning of the race, I was following it closely. You know, Heller was ahead, but that was until Clark and Washoe counties, which are the big population centers for Nevada, came in. And, you know, so Jackie Rosen wins this. And it's it's unfortunate about Dean Heller. I, I really think if he had played, to use a Vegas cliche here, played his cards right, he'd be, he would have, you know, posted on to re-election. And um, it's unfortunate because I do think Dean Heller did have some good moments as a senator, uh, you know, but he, I think he, he, he totally pissed off nearly every Nevada Democrat and alienated enough independence that it just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, and, and, and who knows how much Donald Trump Jr. hurt him or just the general feeling. You know, no matter what, um, there what did seem to be that tide turning in the West. You know, we're, we, you know we'll get into Arizona, um, I think, next. Yeah. But, um, you know, the changing of, um, you know, New Mexico's um, second congressional district flipped. Yes. Um, and um, Arizona picked up another Democratic representative. So now it's five to four oh. in Congress oh. mm, um, of the nine seats that they have in Arizona. Um, they flipped um, District 2 um, by about 20,000 votes. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, it just kind of held in southern Nevada because, um, you know, those ha these House races are really indicative um, of what's going on. Um, but, right. You know, because, um, you know, because, you know well, well hey, and the last thing I want to mention is that we had talked about that it was Rosen really taking Washoe County. Which is only a bit of that um, of that uh, house seat, 
um, which is District 2 in Nevada. It's only a sliver of it, but what she did statewide to really solidify that support in Southern Nevada, and again, we'll talk about Nevada later, but um, yeah. you know, you know, that was big. Um, you know, it was really Washoe County, and 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 those things kind of happened everywhere, um, and that, which is why that change, you know, has has uh, occurred. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nevada has been trendy Democratic for some time now, and having you know been born and raised there and seen it gone from what had been a mostly Republican stronghold uh, to where you had a race in, on Tuesday where Paul, the, the veteran, you know, late Senator Paul Laxalt's grandson, Adam Laxalt, lost his race for governor, uh, was a, a pretty huge moment as well. So definitely, I mean, you know, there's not the time right now to do it. I could give everybody reasons for why Nevada is changing, but the biggest one, of course, is demographics. And the Republican Party in, in my home state just does not seem to know how to deal with that. Yeah. To their detriment. And, you know, the, the Nevada Republicans in the past have had a great, great uh, slate of candidates who won, but, you know, they're in the same place where Democrats in deep red states are now. So they need to seriously look at, at what they're doing. Well, let's move specifically on to Arizona. And um, we know yes. that there's still an outstanding, I mean, I kind of gave it a, you know the rundown a little bit before. Um, it was uh, four uh, Democrats representing the state in, in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives and five Republicans. Um, then D- uh, District 2 has flipped. Um, Ann, Kirkpat- Ann Kirkpatrick, a former uh, congresswoman, um, has taken that seat. So now it's five to four. Um, You have uh, the Cinema McSally U.S. Senate race is going down to the wire as of they released the numbers last night at 5 o'clock. And so she's still about 9,000 votes ahead. So she picked up like 26,000 votes Mm -hmm. since Election Day. Um, So now she's in the lead. She was trailing by about 16,000 going into Thursday. Um, And she's been able to make that up and add on to it. Um, uh, there's one statewide statewide race that now this uh, the the superintendent of public instruction um, might be a, a Democrat. Um, the first um, statewide race wins, um, uh, you know, since uh, Janet Napolitano um, in 2006, I believe. Um, so yeah. you know, um, a big change. I mean, Arizona looks blue now if you look at the at the uh, House map. Um, and, and, you know, it really ties into, you know, that change and it being a purple state. And we, you know, we, you know, we kind of talked about there about that. Um, there's still about 300,000 votes outstanding here in Arizona. And so we never know what's going to happen. There's still nobody's calling it because 9,000 votes isn't enough. You don't really know where some of these mail-in ballots are because that's really where they're at right now is counting the mail-ins and provisionals. Um, it might be Saturday, might be Sunday, might be next week until they know. Um, but that showing from cinema, um, to me, was also very indicative of, of what happened in Maricopa County. We know that 60% of the population in Arizona lives in Maricopa County. That's the, the, area, right. the area around Phoenix. Um, and then, you know, a, a, a good 20 to 30% live in Pima County, which is Tucson. And then it's kind of spread out. Um, so, you know, that, that pickup of cinema, as in the last time I checked, and I'm going to look at it right now, um, in, in, in Maricopa County, which is Metro Phoenix area, um, it's about nearly 30,000 votes that cinema ended up, um, over McSally. Um, and that was always the big bugaboo is that they weren't able to carry in, um, in Maricopa County. Democrats weren't able to carry here. 
Um, and that change is, is, is huge. It, it, it shows the difference and why a Democrat can win here. They, you have to do well in Maricopa County. Um, in the in uh, you know McCain's last race, that's that's where always all of the all all of the weaknesses and in in, in uh, the 2016 race, uh, Trump was able to um, just eke out a Maricopa County win. So no matter what happened in, in in Pima County, it didn't matter, which is why Hillary Clinton lost Arizona. So it's it's a it's a it, you know what you know we we we're moving along from the national races. But, you know, moving forward to 2020, some of these things like this, I mean, the electoral votes, it's only about six in Arizona, but it means a lot um, when you have such a close race. Um, if you have Wisconsin and Arizona flip, let alone we haven't even gotten to Florida yet, and we could talk about that. But with um, their proposition passing that uh, certain felons will, will get their voting rights restored, they figure that's about a million people. Um, you add all those things up and what's going on in Arizona specifically, you add all that up. And that makes the electoral map very difficult for uh, any Republican in 2020. Um, but, you know, what Cinema did is obviously, uh, you know, showing up to be that 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 wave is there. I mean, that's if you, you want to talk about a wave, if, if they're able to get Cinema, uh, if she's able to get enough votes and get in there, um, it's it's definitely a wave uh, at, at even maybe in the Senate, because we knew that. You know, the odds were that it was going to be 54, 55 seats, and now it's looking like it's going to be under 53. Yeah, I mean, I think with Arizona, I, what, what astonishes, astonishes me, John, and I, look, I don't live there, so I certainly don't know it the way Well, you, you used to, though. I mean, you know, we met well, well, working I, I in, I lived there in for Arizona. for four years, and I loved it. Um, Martha McSally should have glided right into this seat. Well. Right? She's a I mean, Republican. It's it, she's she you you know you think would hit all the right notes. She has been, and she may somehow still prevail here, but she is a terrible candidate. I, I have just I, I think her race honestly is the clumsiest I have seen of any senatorial candidate this year. Uh, and, and frankly, I th- you know she sort of fell into the same trap Dean Hiller did. Albeit her being a congresswoman, when she voted against the ACA, and of course, infamous "let's get this effing thing done," you know, just with such zeal and glee, with absolutely no regard to maybe how that just might offend an awful lot of voters in the state. Um, really, just her, her campaign has just been a train wreck, and now it may still work for her in the end. But I, I, I think Kirsten Cinema again. I think it's the same situation with Nevada. I think the GOP seriously underestimated. Kirsten Cinema, um, in terms of her appeal and her abilities. And while there have been some missteps in her campaign, I think overall she ran a damn good campaign. Um, yeah. And I, I was just not sure about her. In the oh, beginning. yeah, I, I wasn't either. And we had talked through the cycle about how I was kind of worried that she wasn't attacking um, like like uh, uh, Beto was in Texas. Um, and she was trying to be the centrist and saying, hey, I'm going to work for everybody and we don't attack. And... Um, uh, and it ended up playing itself out perfectly. And I think, you know, she's, she's, she's just, you know, kept that mantle and hasn't um, taken the bait, I think, when people are, want to uh, have her do those things. And I think it, it really made the difference. Um, you know, McSally's singing at an ASU football game. She sang the Star Spangled Banner um, right before the election last Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a head-scratcher, eyebrow-raiser. Um, <laughs> but she, you know... Um, 
you know, it's it's just a you know a few of these things. I just don't think, like you said, McSally had it there. But I, you know, it's also just the energy uh, that that you know. I really think Arizona is a bellwether state almost at this point, especially in the West. Um, and 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 it showed that 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 energy is there, and that people don't want to go down that route anymore. Um, and and you know, I think enough people understand that that tax cut wasn't you know didn't benefit anybody. What they were trying to do with the uh, Affordable Care Act wasn't a good idea. And I you know, there's more of the independent voters is really run strong in Arizona, um, and I think it played itself out. Right. No, I agree. And I, I want to say something else about uh, three other Senate races that Democrats lost, of course, being Indiana, North Dakota, and and Missouri. Those are all deeply, deeply GOP strongholds now. I, I frankly thought from the beginning that uh, Tide Camp, even before the, the Brett Kavanaugh disaster, Claire McCaskill and, and Joe Donnelly were probably not going to prevail in those. Uh, that being said, you know, that they voted no on Kavanaugh, and I, without sounding googly-eyed here, because they're politicians, but that was that was a courageous thing to do. And, you know, history will judge them well for it, because they did something which I'm sure probably didn't help them with maybe that small percentage of Republican voters they that might they have needed, won. right, right. Um, and again, I, you know, I, those, when I heard about those races, I was not surprised one one bit. Yeah. Um, and that's just it's it it's, it shows these states again. These are deeply red states now, so Democratic parties you know, just may have to learn to live with lowered expectations there. Uh, but I think with Arizona, with Texas, my home state, um, maybe even Kansas. Don't think I'm crazy. You know, you're you're seeing you're seeing a changing group of voters. Does that mean the GOP's locked out of these states? Hell no. But I, I think for sure, uh, again, the Republican Party, for all its success, it is just clueless on, you know, sort of the new American generation. And I, I think the Republicans didn't do well with college-educated women either, which is another oh, yeah. very interesting factor in this. They've alienated a lot of them. It was showing in the polls in the past, ahead of time. They had and it done fairly out. well with that group. So, yeah. you know, that's just. Those are just some other observations I have from from what happened. Okay, so we have a couple minutes left. Um, let's let's mm-hmm. let's uh, you know we kind of talked about Nevada a little bit. Um, you know, you know, we didn't mention um, our friend Steve Sisolak, uh, uh or your friend. Um, well, I talked with him a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh come well, on, you're out uh, you're out on his boat monkey business. No, yeah, um, if absolutely. It, if sure. anybody doesn't know the, all the Nevada governors, we've been partying down the no, Gary Hart reference. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, we, you know, we do have like like two minutes, so just really quick. Um, there's still some yeah. stuff going on in Florida. Um, there's going to be yeah, um, pro- yeah, 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 probably some runoff. Um, uh, not 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 runoffs. There's going to be uh, some some recounts going on in Florida, but for both the Senate and the uh, governor's race, um, uh, and and probably one also in Georgia. So the South looks like it might be changing as well. I mean, I'm repeating myself, but demographics are key here, and it, it just seems for now, the Democratic Party, again, hell freezing over here, has a better understanding of that. That's not to say Republicans won't catch up. I, I'm sure they will. Uh, but, you know, my home state of Nevada going to have the first Democratic governor in 20 years, that being Sisolak. Um, of course, now California, we should mention, you know, very deep blue California, 
where a few GOP years lost their congressional seats. Of course, um, you know, Duncan Hunter got reelected, but he's going to be indicted. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not laughing per se at that because it's not funny, but uh, the man who challenged him, Amar Kambar Najjar, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him uh, for sure. Um, you had Gavin Newsom win the governorship. No surprise there. John Cox, the GOP nominee, just, you know, just not the right guy uh, to challenge Newsom. Um, you had a female win, and I'm going to butcher her name, Elenia Kukianellis. I'm sorry about that. She'll be, I believe, California's first lieutenant female governor, a lieutenant governor. Um, so very blue still for California. Diane Feinstein got reelected, although I will say Kevin DeLeon, well, he you know wasn't close. He did better than a lot of people expected. And I think while, you know, people are satisfied with Feinstein, there just there is sort of a, a sense that, you know, this should be her last term. Yeah, well, uh, most likely Mother Nature is going to take care of that. Uh, you know, she—it's time. There's kind of a consensus for some, among some Democrats that it's time maybe for her to, after this term, and, and you know, there's no question she deserves a lot of credit for revealing, you know, what kind of person Brett Kavanaugh was and appears to be still, sadly. Um, but you know, so that was just a very interesting uh, race, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think Kevin DeLeon may very well have a chance at being senator next time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I believe the political axiom, so, you know, as California goes, so goes the nation. But no question, again, it remains very much a Democratic stronghold. And I will just say there was a time, and it wasn't so long ago, when California wasn't. It was very, very friendly to Republicans. Oh, yeah. So very red. Another, another state that the Republican Party is really going to have to some work in. Well, you know, we'll, we will be back uh, next week. We're going to do another podcast two weeks in a row. We'll do one uh, middle of the week um, just to kind of, you know, catch up on some of these races that we know that are still outstanding. Uh, yeah. Karen, I want to thank you again for joining us today to doing at least this uh, few day wrap up. I still don't know what the final picture is, but thanks for joining me today and, and thanks for providing all that information for our listeners. Yes, thank, thank you so much, John. And of course, my, my deepest respects to those who uh, tune us in and really appreciate your listenership and would love your feedback. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks.